0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: imagine this you're stranded on an island forever but don't freak out because you get to bring one dish with you your desert island
0: dish what is it every week your hosts Paul and Tegan that's us hello, hello. we'll ask this question They'll chat with and torment a literal raft of guests on the island who'll dish up stories, gossip and culinary secrets.
1: But they all have one big thing in common. They bloody love food.
0: Welcome to Dish Island. Hello and welcome to Dish Island. I'm Paul Verhoeven.
1: And I'm really sorry, everyone. (laughs) Yuck! I'm not feeling well. And it's so obvious because it's just whatever this bug is, it's attacking my throat and I sound I don't even sound sexy. You know, when people get a bit sick, it's like, ooh, ooh, you should be a jazz singer. You should yeah. be charging for that. I just sound like somebody's crazy, crazy aunt. You sound like
0: a crazy cat lady <laughs> who's being shaken up and down very fast. It's it's horrible, and you're so sick, and we are in such an enclosed space, <laughs> and this is a really bad idea, but the sausage must be made, damn it.
1: <laughs> Come in and give me a kiss, no, darling. No, I can't. <laughs> oh, look. You've got
0: stink lights coming off your butt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome. Welcome to another disease-infested episode of Dish Island.
1: I just should say, straight up the top, I don't think it's COVID, everyone. Um, I've tested <laughs> many times. So far, I'm still negative, but there is just so much illness going around. So if you are sick at the moment, I hope that you are cuddled up in bed, that you have somebody who is bringing you delicious food and you get better quick, because this is balls. Hang on,
0: let me check these self-test kits. Oh, Tegan, they're from Honduras. These are no good. <laughs> anyway, we have a wonderful guest on the island today. He is one half of an incredible sketch comedy group called Watson. You may have heard of them. Stop it. And Tegan's one half of Watson as well. <laughs> so he's an incredible comedian and a performer, and he is one of our absolute favourite people in the world. So please give a big hand, even though we won't hear it, for the incomparable Adam McKenzie. Hello, Adam, and welcome to Dish Island. It is an isolated island floating in the middle of nowhere, and you are now stranded here. And I'd like to ask you a question, Adam. How did you get to the island today?
2: Uh, well, I was I was obviously shipwrecked. Classic. I was delivering a parcel uh, for Australia Post. <laughs> my plane crashed. I'm hoping I'm hoping that my life story could get turned into some sort of movie. <laughs> Uh, but I'm assuming I'm going to have to play myself and lose a bunch of weight. Did you bring any
0: kind of um, sporting goods?
1: Like yeah, maybe he's a... made a best friend called Sharon. <laughs> yeah,
2: Sharon <laughs> Sharon and I are going to be very close friends. Uh, and um, when I get sick of Sharon, I'll just kick the phone. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. It just cuts to you floating in the ocean yelling, Shezza! <laughs> it's so Australian.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Well, Adam, this is, of course, as you know, it is a show about food where we chat with lovers of food. So, stop talking to me. Oh I know I do. But <laughs> I, you have sounds
2: sounds like you a lover of food. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: I've just been pashing on with strangers for a month. I'm surprised it's backfired. Ah, um, but you have one of the most unique relationships with food out of anyone I know. I do, and, and it was something that you explored. Yes. Incredibly. I like how
2: you say that. You have a you have a unique relationship with food. It, it, you're right, I do. But now the listeners are in suspense. Like what's this guy into?
0: <laughs> You've got some weird food kinks. Well, it sounds like if you eat food you turn into a
2: werewolf or something. But
0: yeah, for listeners, like when Tegan says you have a unique relationship with food, what does that mean?
2: Uh well, it means that I'm uh incredibly okay. fussy. I'm a fussy eater. I'm a chronically fussy. I have since I've been a kid uh, and uh, and kind of still am to this day, although I'm a lot better than I used to be. Uh, I I would I am a fussy eater.
1: And this led to a comedy festival show that you staged pre-COVID, so I don't know, 50 years ago. Time is really confusing.
2: The 50 100 years ago, it was during the depression. <laughs> it was
1: during the depression, and in this show, yeah. um, you explored your fussiness with food, and in doing so, yes. created one of my all-time favourite live stage moments, mm. which was that
2: it, during each show. In a segment. Yeah. It was a segment I called Adam dry wretches on stage. <laughs> um, uh, not, not really that much of an exaggeration. Yeah. Where I would try a food that I've never tried before. Live on stage in front of people.
0: Okay, and did you get sort of judgy looks from the audience when you sort of revealed that you'd never eaten, say, a strawberry?
2: Oh, man, that is a classic. Oh, take passion fruit, for yeah. example. I, I, I thought people would, like, walk out. <laughs> like, it's like, why, why the... Why yeah, absolutely. People would be like, why the fuck have you not eaten a passion fruit? Are you a cereal killer? <laughs> like, like what, what type of person doesn't like passion fruit? It turns out... I do like, ah. but there's a bunch of stuff that I did not like, for example, and the night that was the one that I'm sure people <laughs> would regret that they came to, uh, was the banana night. Oh you know what even thinking about it now
0: wow
2: do you guys like bananas I,
1: um, I love bananas
0: I don't I hate bananas
2: yeah right so Tegan evil Paul good okay good
1: but okay all right I mean I've got I've got so many questions first of all on the banana thing <laughs> do you eat banana flavored lollies I oh,
2: look I'll eat I'll eat the banana lolly that's in the like the um the classic party mix yeah yeah, but the
1: actual fruit this is interesting
2: my wife rama rama says that a lot of it this is her theory she, she reckons a lot of it comes down to the texture not the mm. taste so like it's like just that mushy like you know it's just oh i can't i can't do and it and that
1: i completely understand uh one of our guests uh a very early in our first season was Lola Berry who brought mm. to the show her recipe for avocado chips. And I just have no time for that because for me, the texture of avocado is so rank. It's I just don't like the texture and I, and I can completely yeah. appreciate um, not vibing on texture, but you know, things like strawberries, that's almost hard to avoid. I mean, people whack a strawberry on top of everything.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I have to, avoid a lot of stuff like do you know what like this is my worst nightmare i'll tell you my worst nightmare going to someone's house where they're cooking dinner and i don't know what it is but then i socially it's socially unacceptable for me to sit down at that table and not at least eat some of the food uh or or, or all of it like that i will i will i will burn a relationship i will just burn a friendship like you invite me over to your house and give me like uh, i don't know (laughs) you know spinach I know I like spinach, I'm trying to think of something I re- a, a banana fritter? I'll just disown the friendship. No, <laughs> no, I won't dis- I, I won't disown the friendship, but I'm not gonna eat the banana thing, and you're gonna sit there, and you're gonna go, that's a little. That's a little rude. What people need to
0: probably be informed of at this point, Adam, is that you were the celebrant for our wedding in Paris, and the second, yeah, and the second you got to Paris, I was. We took you on a kind of food tour because we, we, you know, we built our own menu, we made our own food, we did a big cook up, and you ate stuff yeah. that you would never normally
2: eat. It's true. I ate a French person. Yeah, <laughs> I ate a whole French man. Yeah. And
1: what, what did you think of the texture?
2: I, I'm a nose to tail kind of guy. I don't waste. Uh, what did I think of the test, Jeff? He was a little mouthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I tend, you know what? I tend to be, I tend to be adventurous when I'm traveling, mm. and um, Japan is a good example of this. Like we, uh, Rama and I, uh, I took Rama on um, uh, to a special kind of onsen near Mount Fuji um, for her birthday. We were traveling around the time of her birthday, and for her birthday, we went to a really, really nice one, but. I didn't know that I picked such a nice one that we got each night for three nights in our room, a five course diga station, Japanese, like, like extravaganza oh. it was incredible, but it, it really was like, you look at this kind of each course and just couldn't identify anything. It didn't look like anything Western. It was just all this like exotic Japanese, amazing food. And, and Rama's like, well, you're not going to eat that. But I eat everything. She's like, how? Why do you eat the weirdest fucking shit, but you won't eat, like, you know, a lasagna? <laughs> you, know? you know, you won't eat lasagna, but you'll eat some weird sea urchin that's been, like, soaked in kobu dashi or something.
0: So, hang on. Is this because... Okay, so in season, I believe, season two of Star Trek The Next Generation, they do a sort of cultural exchange program, and Riker ends up... As the first, uh, he ends up on the bridge of a yeah. Klingon ship, and he, to impress, yeah. them, just you know what I'm talking about, to swing his dick around, he goes. To, he goes to the mess, and he eats. What does he eat? He eats. Um, He's gawk. Yes, he eats gut. Yes, and it's alive. Live gut. Yeah, and they're really <laughs> impressed. So I have you. Have you applied <laughs> the no. "I'm on a Klingon ship now" mentality to foreign food? <laughs>
2: Look, I'll tell you what, Paul. If I ever find myself on a Klingon ship yeah. having to ingratiate myself into the crew, I probably would put some live worms into my mouth. Right. But uh, I uh, honestly, it, uh, look, I've gotten a lot better. And how I've gotten better is um, I love to cook. I love cooking. I cook a bunch of stuff. I'm a good cook. I think. Are you guys good cooks? I know you guys are good cooks. I mean, I'll never know because I will never eat your food.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's... Because, the, Adam, there have been a few times where I've... Uh, you've come over for a rehearsal or, you know, a party or whatever. Yeah. And I've gone, I've spent three hours making this thing. And you're like, no, I'm good, thanks. And you pull your food out of a bag like that one kid at the sleepover who's just really weird. <laughs> um, you know, you've yeah. you got your oak milk and you've got your lamb cutlets and that's what you eat. Mm. So, um, yeah. would you be offended if we came to your place and extended you the same discurpancy? <laughs> would you be like, what the man what if i if i
2: if I, if, if I cooked uh, like if i was cooking yeah. and you were coming over to my place and you didn't eat my yeah, food yeah. uh god that's a really f-ing great question i guess i would be <laughs> <You hypocrite. laughs> i would be I mean, I, but i'm I, i'm contradictory yeah. right like the thing is is that i i i on purpose don't put myself in that situation in fact it weirds me out when i get into that situation like suddenly it's almost like waking up from a coma And you're at the the dinner table somewhere weird like you you know it's like blacking out right it's like how did i find myself in this situation i'm usually so good so i would i would assume that if you were coming over to my house you would have thought about maybe what i might be like yeah all right well here's a good question what if someone comes to your house and they're a vegetarian and you haven't cooked a vegetarian meal like why is my like my fussiness is just like being a vegetarian Instead of being, instead of, I don't eat meat, I don't eat anything.
1: I think these days, you know, you touch on something really interesting because I think that um, the days of willy-nilly just inviting somebody over to your house and just cooking anything, that's not done anymore. I mean, with food intolerances and, as you said, preferences... You would at least have that, you know, everybody who I've invited over for dinner post-COVID, I've I've asked, you know, is there anything we should avoid? Um, With you, I'd just wait for the scrolls to start arriving. But I I think you're right. You've you've got to at least ask the question. But here's what I want to know, because usually when we chat with our guests, you know, they they, they talk about their, their love of food and that often stems back
2: I do love food. I know
1: you do. I know you do. But there's... there's It's
2: very specific. Specific.
1: What I'm trying to get to is, did you shit your mum up the wall with your fussiness, or was she very accepting of you?
2: Well, well, this, this, look, this, that's a very good question. Uh, I, yes, I, I annoyed my parents to no end when I was a little kid. Uh, Like, but, but then there's that thing where they're like, well, You know if you don't like something you'll just go hungry right like uh but i was so stubborn i'd be like all right i will go hungry and i almost died but um (laughs) but when i didn't they were very happy uh and um no like i'd be the kid all right here's this is a weird kid right this is how weird this my i was as a kid they you'd get pizza right you get pizza on a friday night whatever like and i had three brothers and dad would be like right scott what do you want cameron what do you want (laughs) richard what do you want all right sweet adam what do you want and I'd go garlic bread. Oh <laughs> no. And he's like, What? He's like, Yeah, no, I don't like pizza. And dad's like, Adam, I know you don't like a bunch of stuff, right? But you do like pizza. You've just never had it before. And I'm like, No, dad. No, dad, I don't like pizza. I don't like cheese. I don't eat cheese. I don't like pizza. And he's like, But Adam, I know you're saying that. But you're also 10 years old and you do like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it was like, it's like, he was like trying to. It's it like trying to have a conversation with a robot you didn't quite program properly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, anyway, and so I was like, no, I want God, but he's like, whatever. <laughs> I guess we around all the time. So, I'm 13 or 14, right? And, you know, at school, we had pizza and stuff like that. And to myself, just quietly, I had a slice of pizza. And it turns out I do like pizza. Hey. So, so if my dad was alive today, uh, I'm sure he would come back alive and he goes, oh, f- I told you you like pizza, you shit. <laughs>
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
0: <laughs> Do you think that your identity, your self-identifying as a fussy person, was that something you fought against for a while, or is it something you embraced pretty openly and vocally?
2: Yeah, I've always wondered why or where the fussiness came from, and it comes from when I was a kid, obviously, like just being petulant and churlish and all of that. I don't know. It feels pretty real. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's dumb. I know it's, like, psychologically dumb, and I'm just being a, 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 like a child, right, basically. But it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a real, like, I don't want to do it, can't make me do it, shut the f*** up.
1: <laughs> After the show that you did where you were trying all of these different foods, is there anything you yeah. discovered that you went, oh, actually, I've been missing out, I love this, and it's now part of your regular, yeah, yeah. regular repertoire?
2: Yes. Broccolini, really? Broccolini, and that—that's usually the the broccoli that people don't like. I've been told. Broccolini, love it. Can't get enough of it. Char it. soy sauce, love it.
0: Okay, so wh- here's the thing. Your wife Rama, what's it been like for her living with a fussy boy? And was it frustrating for her that only when confronted with a paying audience did you finally try <laughs> some new? Things?
2: Oh man, she's she she is so frustrated with it. Like, cause she she is the complete opposite to me she likes most stuff uh she's a, a vegetarian basically like she's a she's a pescatarian kind of mm-hmm. thing but since we got together she's like all right well i'm not going to cook something you're not going to eat so i guess i won't cook and so i've done a lot of the cooking and i if anything i've affected her wow. you know what i mean i know it's really bad it's really bad yeah, yeah. i have a lot to answer for i'm terrible you <laughs> Do you, know, do you know who else was a fussy eater? Go on, Jack the Ripper. Oh,
1: I knew it. Yes. Prove
2: prove me wrong.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's some documentary about it. They've looked into every other element of his life. I have to admit, you are mm. the first person that we've brought on the show who has not inspired or, I guess, created a, a happy cooking environment in the home. But hang
2: on, yeah. hang on. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. I do have a happy cooking environment. If I'm in control and I'm cooking what I want. <laughs> oh, no, no. Right,
0: okay, so no. I'm curious as to how you would fare if you were in an environment where you didn't have a choice and it was, well, again, back to that Klingon thing, but let's say you were in yeah. prison for being Jack the Ripper and uh, during the yep. brief period during which they hadn't executed you, they were bringing you three meals a day and it was, you know, very basic yeah. cafeteria fare. How, how yeah. would you do with someone else dictating the terms of the food you're eating and it was
2: very militant. I'd struggle right. I, I'd struggle so hard I'd struggle so hard I think what I'd do if I was in that situation I'd do what anyone should do in prison I'd go up and punch the biggest chef I could <laughs> uh, and then I would just control the kitchen <laughs> you know what I mean isn't that what you do in prison Like
1: absolutely Let's focus on the positives. You've said that you do love cooking. I
2: do like food. I do love I know, food. <laughs> so I really You're do. So of- but I only. But but I only like five foods. No, that's not true. That's not.
1: True. So during lockdown, you know, a lot of people's lives changed. We've spoken to most of our guests about how their lives are different now post lockdown. You are mm. an artist. You know, performance is a big, huge part of your life, and that was completely taken away. Um, yeah. It, 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 did you lean more into cooking when you're in lockdown as a means of creative expression? Were you a better cook in lockdown?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've always been really good at, like, I get obsessed. Like, I'll get obsessed about one dish, like ramen. And I'll go, I'm going to make ramen. Or it's like, oh, I'm going to make a, I, I got obsessed with, like, Seafood pasta, mm. like it with like white wine, garlic, seafood pasta. Nice. So good. I like make my own pasta, Adam.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I make it. I make a good pasta, it's good to its parents, <laughs> it, it donates to charity. Like, it's that good.
0: <laughs> helps old ladies across the road. Yeah, no, I know the kind. Yep. Yeah, it's a helps an old lady across yeah. the road. Yeah. A, a penny. Do you feel like you were in some sort of um like a cooking dojo during lockdown? Did you sit there and go, this week I'm going to hone these skills or were you
2: just kind of following the whims of the internet? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not across technique. I would do like, like I I won't like practice a technique, but I will practice a dish. Like I'll I'll do a dish like three or four times to get it right.
1: But I know that you are considering or you're certainly toying with the idea of jumping back into live performance. How does that feel in 2022? Because I know that I am... um still really scared. I mean, when Comedy Festival rocked around this year, it was both, I I did feel a little bit of FOMO FOMO at times, but then I was also Mm. still hearing so many stories about people having to cancel their entire seasons and how just difficult it was to break even. Are you feeling excited to jump back in or are you still tentative?
2: I am excited to jump back in. In fact, I was very inspired when we did our sketch together like a couple of months back uh and that was the first time we'd performed together in two years
1: yeah possibly could have even been a smidge longer with lockdown yeah
2: yeah and i i had a great time it was so good just to get back up there but i like for me it's way more personal like the the goal the the rewards are way more personal than than say having to reach some sort of like like you know sell tickets to cover my venue kind of thing uh i think that would stress me out uh although i am gonna do French. i'm gonna just I'm going to do fringe, just kind of bite the bullet and do it. So I guess I don't know how I'll feel when that comes around, but I just have to do it. I think after this long away from performing, you really do start to get, I don't know how to describe it. It's a part of your personality. It's a part of who you are. And when you're not doing it, you're half a person. thats I mean, that's how it feels for me. So I look forward to being a whole full person Yeah. very soon.
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting point and I like trying to hash this out with a lot of my creative friends when when mm. performing does feel like your identity trying to um Yeah, to acknowledge and, I don't know, honour that part of you when it can be muddied with, you know, at the moment things like COVID and there always is that financial aspect and then it can get further muddied with expectations and reviews and fame and was it successful. But at the end of it, at the core of it, I think you're absolutely right. We have this need to be telling stories and be on stage. And when we performed that sketch a couple of weeks back, I know this might sound really daft, but, oh, my God, I'd forgotten how much I liked people... (laughs) (laughs) applauding me and laughing at me, being able to make people laugh. Oh, my God.
2: It's almost a cliche now that the comedians kind of say this, but, like, there's a reason why we do what we do, and it's not because we're narcissistic, fucking depressed, like, you know, uh, human beings. It's because it's so nice to have an audience, like, acknowledge and laugh at you, and, like, it's, it's incredibly affirming. You know what I mean?
0: It's a real shame, madam, that you've, you know, emerged from your comedy chrysalis to burst onto the stage again because you're trapped here now and you can never leave.
2: (laughs) Oh no, I'm trapped on a desert island. What kind of desert island? Is it one of those like cartoon desert islands that's like comically small with one palm tree? Or is it like, is it it more like the island from Lost where it turns out there's heaps of people on this island? And there's a smoke There's a smoke monster. We won't tell you why.
1: No, there, there's definitely a few people. We know that size-wise it's one kilometre squared larger than Phillip Island.
2: Oh. And there are
1: quite a few people on the island. We've got Ella Hooper. We've got Osher Ginsberg. We've got Gary Megan. We've got so many people. And then there are all the people who mysteriously vanished from season one. Celia Piccola, Luke <laughs> McGregor. We don't know where those people are, but we have a feeling that they're lurking around here.
0: You're here now. You're trapped. And you were allowed to bring one dish with you, your desert island dish. And given the peccadillos which surround and festoon your culinary world, I'm very curious as to what you've brought with you, Adam McKenzie. What is your desert
2: island dish? So the five-year-old, no, the 10-year-old boy in me, like, wants spaghetti bolognese and Coke, right? (laughs) That's my, like, that, like, if you want to make Adam McKenzie happy, that's your, like, the big bowl of spaghetti bolognese and a glass of Coke. And uh, he's happy, but I can't say that because I'm not a ten-year-old boy anymore. And I'm assuming I can't say sushi train.
1: I mean, Celia tried to bring an entire country bakery, and we had to stamp down on that. So no, I I don't think you can bring a sushi train. You did not.
2: You didn't let. You didn't let sushi. You didn't let Celia have an entire entire country bakery. (laughs) I feel like I feel like that's a dish in itself. Like. (laughs) You know, like that's a good idea. But what I, what I'm suggesting is that I just constantly have a train of very immaculately prepared sushi, karagi, udon soups just going past, and I can just pick it up. But I guess if you really think about it, isn't the ocean just the very first sushi train? No. Okay. Uh, all right. No,
1: look, right. okay,
2: I'm happy. All right, no, all right. So I can't have a sushi. No, no
1: I, I'm happy to let you.
2: Okay. What, about a, what about a sushi bullet train? <laughs> yeah, here's the
1: compromise. Okay, here's the compromise. You are allowed to have three small dishes circulating <laughs> around you on a small track and they will consistently replenish, but I need you to narrow down.
2: No, no, I've got it. I've got, I've, I, all right, I, I know exactly what okay, I want. Go. It's one dish. Uh, it's one dish, it comes from Malaysia. It's a Malaysian street dish. It's fried koi tau. It's a uh, noodles, a plate of fried koi tau. Delicious! Flat rice noodles with soy sauce, oyster sauce, a garlic chili, like bean shoots, uh, Chinese sausage. Oh, and like, when you get it properly done, and there's a place in the city of Melbourne that literally only sells fried koi tau. That's all they sell. And um, you get, it's made with pork lard, oof. And uh, like pork crackling as well.
0: That's it. You know, it's weird. You said that uh, you know your your initial impulse to get spaghetti bolognese and coke was like a ten year old boy's choice. I would argue your new choice is even more ten year old boy. No,
1: I like this poor, choice. Poor, no, I'm
0: not saying it's bad. I'm saying that you. It's like it's not like you've you've not you've not jettisoned your inner child. You've refined and upgraded your inner child.
2: Yeah, basically I've. I'm a ten-year-old, but with disposable income. <laughs>
0: and much better taste. Yep.
2: You know what I mean? I can afford more. And that's what I'm into. Fry quoy tau.
1: I was not expecting this, but Adam, I'm really impressed. I was worried I... for a second it was going to be garlic bread.
2: G- <laughs> 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 now, now, come on. Let's not poo-poo the garlic <laughs> bread.
0: You enough of that stuff, it will block you up and you won't be able to poo poo it. But it's, you know, are you talking, are we talking <laughs> yeah. the kind of bougie garlic bread or the stuff that you'd get from like the supermarket wrapped in foil?
2: No, no, no. You want the like the good Italian restaurant garlic right. bread or the homemade one where you just like put three sticks of butter on one slice of bread. <laughs> All right. What about this? This is my dish a fried koi tau on top of a large garlic. <laughs> <bread>. <laughs> You're going to die in three we're days, Ellen We're calling
1: Adam. it, we're calling it You can't have it
0: on garlic bread
2: Asian fusion, baby It's it's very hit. It's very hit. <laughs> oh my god
0: Well, Adam, uh, good luck with that dish And the coronary that you can't get Because there's no medical care here But thank you so much for joining us on Dish Island You're never leaving And it's wonderful to have you there
2: Thanks for having me
1: so sorry, everyone. I'm so sorry for the worst sounding podcast that you must have ever heard. I just, I didn't know that Adam was sick when we asked him on board.
0: Oh my God. I, now I'm going to get sick, but I'll be sick next week and then I'll get you sick. And there's always going to be someone sick on the island now.
1: Oh no, this is a disaster. That's
0: all right. Well, Adam's desert island dish was pretty challenging, but I'd say it's a step up for a man who wouldn't eat a banana.
1: I actually really liked the desert island dish. And once again, you know, we're a few episodes in, quite a few episodes into the second season. And we're starting to just get that really great, diverse mix of food that, frankly, if you were trapped on this island, you'd actually be pretty chuffed about it.
0: 100%. Well, speaking of things you'd be chuffed about, next week's guest is an absolute... I mean, I don't know how we booked him.
1: You did really well. Well, you
0: know, I've just been running around England yelling, is there anyone really famous we can interview? <laughs> and someone said yes. And so they'll be on the show next week. Seriously, tell your friends about this. And also, if you're enjoying the show, which we really hope you are, make sure you recommend it to your friends. Go across to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review. It is, it is such a helpful thing for us.
1: And for now, if anybody wants to bring me some chicken soup... <laughs>
0: Oh my God. I could
1: really use some.
0: Have a great week. And in the meantime, eat, eat your veggies. veggies.
1: <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dish Island.
0: Dish Island is a proud member of the ACAST Creator Network.